0: While COVID-19 is turning our world upside down, the Digital Ready program is finding all the ways digital and e-commerce tools can support your business. Join me, Dr Digital, and guests each week as we explore doing business online in the Business as Unusual podcast. Mm. Are you a small business owner who thinks that email marketing's had its day? I mean, who even reads an email anymore, right? Not as cool or as sexy as Facebook or Instagram or that crazy TikTok that none of us really understand. I'm Dr. Digital and on this episode of Business as Unusual, I am going to take you gently by the hand and reacquaint you with the glorious nature of email marketing and why during COVID-19 it might just be the best weapon you've got to keep your customers with your brand front of mind. Let's go. Since I've been back on the coaching couch, I've had a lot of conversations with Tasmanian small business owners about what they're doing with email. A lot of people are really across their social media, they've got some great strategies going down and they're really understanding how to keep the communications rolling with their customers during COVID-19. But not so many of them know what to do with email. Not that they don't know how to use email for marketing, but many of them have good email lists, they regularly collect data from the people that they talk to and from their customers. But a lot of people seem to have a real block at the moment about what to say and how to communicate. So this episode of Business is Unusual, we're going to really have a deep dive back to email, why it's important for now and why it's such a great tool, particularly while people are stuck at home and looking for anything to capture their attention. Email is still one of the most engaged and converted forms of communication, far more so than anything you might put on Facebook or on Instagram. And we're looking to read more at the moment. We're really looking to engage and to have a bit more depth to the things that we're doing. Emails aren't just flying into our, email, into our inbox and getting deleted like they might have been in the old days. We're looking for distractions and we want some little rays of light to just come into our inbox and wake us up and make us feel better. So this episode, it's all about making you that ray of light. Let's start with your list because really that's one of the best places for us to begin. The better the list, the more recent your list, the more qualified your list, the better response you're going to get when that email does hit someone's inbox. So if you haven't got an email list already started, one of the ways you can really start to build some names on the list is to just by asking people to sign up. There is a few different hooks you can use to get them to do that. But basically, you want them to freely give you your information, their information, so you can use it and let them know that you're going to be in contact with them. So some of the things that you might want to do, there's a few different strategies. You can simply just put out something across your social media saying, hey, are you on our email list? We send out periodically interesting journals or newsletters or deals or offers and we'd love to keep in contact with you particularly during this time. That's a pretty straightforward way to do it. Have a link in your socials or wherever you post that so it goes straight into your customer relationship management tool. We'll get to that a bit later on if you don't know what a CRM is and that's one way you can just start to harvest some of your customers details. When I say it like that it sounds so impersonal but realistically You want to get their details because you want to offer them some additional value. There's no point in doing anything in marketing if you aren't really value adding your customers and then giving them a call to action of how to interact with your brand, service and products. So one of the ways you can get their name and email is simply by asking. Another way is by offering some kind of an incentive for them to hand over their personal information. You might be offering a discount. Or some kind of a deal where if they sign up, you'll be able to give them a special code and they'll be able to get 5% off or 10% off or two for one. You might be doing an exclusive VIP promotion where only people who are on the list are going to get access or they're going to get early access. You might be running a contest, getting people to subscribe to you so they can be part of the opportunity maybe to win something for free or you might have a download you might already have something like a white paper or a video or a webinar or a seminar that you've done that you can provide to people for free once they sign up and give you their details and I mean I guess it's not for free because you're really giving them something that they can swap with you for their data. People aren't as uptight as they used to be about handing over their emails it's just such a currency now so most people don't really resist but you do have to be offering them some value. And so this is where the idea of being in service to people and really wanting your customers to get the best from you and from your brand comes in. So get your list ticking along. You'll need to store those emails somewhere. And I said customer relationship management tool, or CRM, earlier. There's a couple of really standard tools that people use to manage their email lists. One of them is MailChimp and another one is Campaign Monitor. Both of these are paid services. They're cloud-based, which basically means you just jump online, do a Google on those, or we'll put a link at the end of the podcast for you to see where you can link through the digital ready page and find where these things are. And once you get there, basically, you'll just need to give over your information and some money And it's a tool that allows you to store all your emails inside it in a way that lets you organize them and segment them and send out bulk mail campaigns in a way that's elegant and less likely to end up in somebody's spam box. So MailChimp and Campaign Monitor monitor basically allow you to produce a newsletter or a campaign They have a lot of templates you can use, so you don't have to come up with your own design. You just have to have your branding assets handy. And they also really critically allow you to segment. And now what that means is that you might have, say, 1,000 people on your mailing list. And some of those people are people who are customers who have bought something. So you might have them as qualified prospects. You want them in in one particular bundle. You might have other people who are people who have just made an inquiry or they've subscribed to your newsletter, but they haven't had any actual transaction with you yet. So you might have an email newsletter that you want to send out that just targets those people. It's speaking to those people that have had a bit of a look but haven't ever really converted into an actual purchaser. You might have a special list just for people's birthdays. So on a birthday, that goes out. You might have a special list that is just for someone who has kids in the demographic, but you aren't sending that newsletter out to other people. You see where I'm going with this. The capacity to segment really helps you to break your audience down into smaller groups so you can do some incredibly targeted advertising. We're not talking about just some great spaff out there where it's it's sort of open to everyone. With an email newsletter, you really want to know who you're talking to and you want to get it down. It's gone far beyond just your name here at the top of a page it really people reading emails now they really need to know that you know who they are it's not as impersonal as it used to be which is why if we circle back to starting to use emails in this way let me paint a picture for you let's imagine that your social media so you've got instagram or facebook something like that it's really noisy. let's imagine that that's a really crowded pub or a crowded cafe you remember back in the day when we used to go to cafes and pubs right Shoulder to shoulder, there's lots of noise. So you're seeing all your friends, you're waving across the bar, having a drink. It's really fun. There's lots of distractions. You're not really having a quality conversation, but you're sort of in the thick of it. It feels great. If you want to have a deep and meaningful with someone, or if you want to have just a one-on-one, you're not likely to do it in that kind of an environment. You're likely to take them back to your house and somewhere quiet where there's a singular focus on you. That's what your website does, but it's also what an email and newsletter does. It takes away from the noise that you might have if you're promoting your products on Facebook or Instagram or any other social media channel, where people are really tempted just to keep scrolling, just to look at the next thing, to be really distracted by the bright, shiny flashing lights of whatever that ad is that's going on around your post. So email and newsletters allow you to have an intimate moment with your customers, which is why they convert and which is why they work and which is why if you... Think about the structure of them and you write them well and you make them appealing they're really likely to elicit people to click on through and go through to your website or go through to that place where they can have a transaction okay so you've got your email list being built you're really clear on being able to segment it off and who you're talking to just a side by here anything or anytime you email people out you've got to comply with anti-spam legislation. It's pretty straightforward in Australia. There's only really three general principles that we need to adhere to when we're emailing people from Australia. We have to have asked for consent. So when I give you my email address to subscribe to something, it has to be for that purpose. You kind of just gathered an email from me for another random thing and then decide to pop it into your email list because that breaks the legislation. So if your customer hasn't given you permission to send something to them on email, don't do it the second principle for the spam legislation in australia is you've got to identify yourself you have to be clear who you are where you are what you're doing and that you're a legitimate business so put some branding in the email there's a place down the bottom when you're using those mail chimps and campaign monitors where you can actually identify your address and that kind of stuff and that way you tick off that box and you need to have an unsubscribe link now this is really important and it's actually important in a weird way that Sure, you don't want people to unsubscribe from your list. But when they do, or if they choose to for any reason, you want to make it easy for them. There's nothing that's going to piss a customer off more than having to go through some great rabbit hole or labyrinth to get to the bit where they just click unsubscribe. People come and go on email lists for various reasons. And all you want them to do is be able to click the list, say unsubscribe. Thank you very much. See you when you come back. We miss you already. Pretty straightforward. Okay, let's talk about what you're saying and who you're writing to, particularly at this time. So in COVID-19, I'm sure you would have noticed, as I've noticed, that I've got a lot of emails from people who I haven't heard from for a long time. And when I say people, I mean brands and businesses. You know, it's like that one company that I might have bought something from randomly late at night after clicking on an Instagram ad could have been a vegetable peeler, might have been a blow-up face rest for what I'm travelling on planes, you remember planes. Anywho, and I've got an email saying, we really care about you and we think about you and this is what we're doing with COVID and why it's so important. And I think, I don't even know who you are. I don't even remember you. I have no brand attachment to you. So it feels kind of weird and disingenuous when I get an email from them. Don't be that sender. So make sure that when you do go out to your customers, you've got something of meaning to say to them. Now is a good time during COVID to re-establish a relationship with someone if you aren't a frequent email newsletter sender and explain why that is. So, yes, it's weird just to go out cold and say, hi, I'm thinking of you, here's how we're looking after ourselves during these difficult times. You need to flag that you don't send a lot of emails if that's the case. If you are an email newsletter sender that has a regular shtick that just goes out there then people will know it's from you and they'll just be reading the information. So if you are contacting a group of people for the first time say hey it's been a while since I've made contact with you but I really felt compelled to do it because we really need to connect whatever it is. People are looking for brand connection during this time and they're looking for brand connection which is really authentic. You'll hear this over and over again in our podcast series I'm absolutely sure because what we're really getting loud and clear is that people are isolated, they're frightened, they're disconnected, they're starting to get bored and restless, and they don't want some marketing sales coming down a funnel at them. They want to know that, that they exist and that they're connected with other humans. And that's what you can do in your email newsletters. So make sure that you are clear on your mission. Your mission is to connect and your mission is to let people know that you're still here, You need to let them know what's happening to your business during COVID. So if you're still operating and if you've just moved your operations from a face-to-face or a retail or a restaurant, a bar, whatever it is, to an online opportunity where you're selling products online, tell them that. If you have had to shut down but you're going to reopen when this is all over, let them know that too. People really want to know what you're doing and they also want to know what they can do to help. You know, this is a call to action in a really macro sense that you want them to support you as a local Tasmanian business. And this email is an opportunity for you to tell them how they can do that and then give them the click through so they can action that sentiment straight away. So you might send out an email once every week. If you're going to do that, you need to have good content and you need to have consistent content and you need to have something to say. The second worst thing than getting an email from somebody who bought a vegetable peeler from eight years ago is getting it email that doesn't really tell you anything or give you anything new or anything fresh that's kind of a waste of time and none of us feel like we want to have our time wasted we want to have really valuable content that value adds us so we feel like your brand cares and is offering us something more and something bigger than we're getting without having to pay for anything then we feel like we're on a total win because we've got all this info and we didn't even have to pay for it So if you're doing a weekly email, the kind of reason you'd be communicating that frequently would be things like, say you're a veggie box provider and you're letting people know what's in the box, or you're a restaurant and you've got a menu that's changing all the time, you're a bar and you've got a menu that's changing all the time, or you're someone who has really good content that you can repurpose and send out. So you've got a really good, decent, solid narrative arc all the way through. If you don't have that level of content, then think about the frequency and decide that you're going to send out an email newsletter maybe every fortnight, maybe every month. But let people know that there will be opportunities where you might be sending out something because there's a special occasion or there's an event, say Mother's Day's coming up, whatever it is, and then you'll have communications that are sort of out of session. But people like to know when things are coming. So when you do send emails out, send them regularly send them at the same time and get people into a rhythm so they can sit down and they can enjoy it we've all got those emails that arrive and we can't wait to read them and we see them in our inbox and we're like oh yeah it's fantastic some of those emails may not be asking us to do anything that's of a transactional nature they're just talking to us they're telling us stories they're giving us information that doesn't make them any less powerful as a brand And as a tool of brand, it's probably the best thing you can do because when we hear those stories and when we really dive into some content, we have an emotional connection with the brand which stays long after that email has floated off into the ether. So just a quick recap there. In COVID, you want to let people know that you're with them, that you understand what they're going through, understand who your customers are and what you're saying to them. Be really clear on what content you're going to put in there and what's appropriate. Very, very clear on whether humour is appropriate right now. People are quite sensitive. We're all feeling a little jangled. And so make sure if you're going to use humour, it's something that your brand does well, something that you can do well as a writer and something that will land because the worst thing possible right now would be to drop something in someone's lap that made them feel uncomfortable or weird. So establish what it is that you're going to sort of put out regularly in your newsletter and what are some of the types of things that would be appropriate for this time. I'm going to go into that a little bit later. Let's have a think about your writing style and tone. If you have regularly been doing email newsletters up to COVID then and they land well and people read them and your opening rate's good and your conversion rate's good, then you just keep on going. I've talked to quite a lot of people when I've been coaching who have said that they're worried about their tone and their voice and they're not really sure what their voice is. The thing with writing and email newsletters and brand tone is that it only emerges when you do it. You can't complete a brand tone in an email and just bang it out if you haven't really done it before because that takes a while to emerge. It's the same as writing a blog or doing a podcast It will reveal itself. Your brand values already exist, I hope. You've already done that work on your brand to understand who you are, what your values are, what you represent. And that will come out in your voice. So cut yourself some slack and do the best you can do and know that it's not going to be perfect but don't let great get in the road of good in terms of actually communicating with your people. The key thing is that it sounds like you. And if if they've had an in real life experience in your business, they've walked in that they get that same sense of who you are when they read your voice as they do when they actually have an embodied experience so you've got your tone sorted out if you're a very formal business like maybe you're a consultancy or you're an accountant and your brand is quite formal you want to keep your tone kind of aligned with that it, it's there's there's no point going out and doing something that's really outrageous or really sort of wildly experimental if that's not who your brand is. If your brand is really super casual and funny and we expect to see a lot of gifts and a lot of crazy little memes and stuff, well, that makes sense. So just make sure that that we have a brand experience in your email that is aligned with what we normally experience with you. So what might you want to put in your COVID-19 emails? Well, starting out, you want to put in what you're doing and, and how you're going. Be vulnerable and be open with your customers and let them know what the experience is like for you because undoubtedly they're having similar experiences and it's a real point of connection if they know that you're suffering and you're feeling it like they are. And if you're not suffering, if your business is going gangbusters, that's good information too and that just would need to be delivered in a way that is sort of sensitive to the people that are really struggling and they want to feel that you're in the same lane way they are. You want to connect authentically. So you want to really talk about what it is that you're doing. Show some compassion and then share some updates. Tell us the stories of your business. What people really don't understand how valuable it is, in my experience of talking to lots of Tasmanian business owners, is how much we as customers love to know what the inside story of your business is. Now more than ever is the time to give us really tantalising little scoops into what you're doing, what's happening. Show us something being unboxed. Show us something being packed up to be sent to the post office and you having a little talk about what those products are. Give us a little demo. Introduce us to some of your customers or some of your key staff or some of your suppliers. Really bring us into your story and give us that behind the scenes, behind the curtain look at what's going on in your business. For most of us in our businesses, it's just in our minds, it's business as usual, which is how we do things. And we think, well, why would anyone be interested in that? But the reality is they are interested in it. And it's a really great way to get people to connect and understand more what goes on in the background. So I'm very pro a show and tell. I think customers really love that. And if you don't have that type of business, I'm thinking about a business I did some coaching with recently who have a very big inventory and they've got some really interesting products. And they're the kind of products that as a consumer, you might not quite know how they work, but you want to get more information. So they were absolutely in the box seat to have a feature product or a featured demo video. And of course, you can embed videos and images and a whole ton of things into your email newsletter. It doesn't have to just be text. In fact, if it was just a solid block of text, people would turn off really quickly so think about what kinds of content you want to put in if you have a services-based business let's say you're a beautician this is a really great time to tell people how to do things at home there's been a huge spike in interest in home-based beauty which is so interesting so if you have one of those businesses and that you just can't have any hands-on contact with your customers give them some of your wisdom This isn't going to stop them coming back to you. No one is going to swap their eyebrow wax or their facial for a DIY when we can get back into a salon. I can guarantee you that. But by you sharing what it is you do and how you do it, we can just kind of muddle our own way through until we're allowed out of the house again. And people really appreciate it. It's really a sign of generosity when you share your wisdom with us. It's a real trap to fall into to think that if you give the how-to away, people will not come back to you. They will come back to you because there's a reason that they haven't taught themselves how to do it to start with. They like the interaction with others. So be generous and really give as much as you can to people. Again, if you're a knowledge-based business, a consultant of some sort, a health and wellness expert, put in information that you would share with your clients. Give some people some tips on how to do things. Just put in information that is relevant and useful and speaks to the condition people are in right now. I mentioned before you can put additional things in aside from text before you sit down to do your email newsletter have a think about what you're going to say and what you're going to do write it out in what I'd call a narrative arc so how are you going to open what's your first article going to be what's the most important thing you want people to know about that newsletter or what's the most important topic you're covering what else is going to go in there do you have a photo to go with it have you got a quality photo to go with it do you have a video Maybe you've made an amazing Spotify playlist that's just going to really get people up out of their seats and dancing, put that in there as well. You know, people really want to see what your business can give them and experience what what you're doing and what your brand's doing. So don't think you can't put all of those types of multimedia links in. They're really fantastic. And again, people can have a really deep and fun journey with that email newsletter. Keep us busy, keep us engaged. You know, if you're a yoga teacher, you can put in, some instructions for doing some yoga, some tips for breathing, and maybe you've recorded a beautiful meditation for us or a bit of kirtan, something like that that we can click through. And again, we're still captured by your brand, we're still captured by you, and we're continuing to build our relationship with you. Most of all, in everything you're doing in an email newsletter, you're telling a story, which is why I use that term narrative arc because you're taking us on a journey which has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end And that arc has to come to completion and we have to finish the newsletter and think that was really worth it. But wait, we would never want to finish an email newsletter without a really solid call to action. So an email newsletter, no matter whether it's conversational, storytelling, commiserating, connecting, all of those things, it's still a call to action. You're still asking your customers to do something with this information. That information might just be or that call to action might just be that you want them to know that you're thinking about them. You want them to know that you care. You want to inform them about what's happening with your business and you want to ask them to come back when you reopen or you want to ask them to order products now and to patronize you now so you can stay open. The call to action is blatant and the call to action is constant. So every sub- portion of that email that you write every time you make a new little section have a new header whatever it is you want to have a sub call to action in that it might be read me or listen to me or click on me or click here to go through and purchase me whatever it is make sure that we're not left hanging because as humans we're smart but we like to be told what to do and we like to be led on a journey and we like to be held by the hand to get us to the next place so always finish off your email with a flourish and with a thank you and with a hug and a kiss or however it is you sign off your email newsletters. And don't feel scared of throwing in a PS or a PPS or a PPPPS in terms of reinforcing those points earlier. PS, thanks for reading. PPS, we're still open. We love you. We want your business. Click here to go and see our latest menu. Click here to go to our online store. Our online store is open, whatever it is. Just make sure that when we finish up, we know what to do. And hopefully, rather than deleting or scrolling onto the next email, we're clicking on that link and we're going through and we're going to your website and we're buying things. And that's like the perfect outcome. The perfect outcome. Now, just a bit of email and newsletter housekeeping. You don't have to be an amazing writer, but it helps if you can write coherently. And so use the tools you get available, things like Grammarly to check your grammar and spelling. Get a friend or a colleague or your business partner to read through before you hit send and send it out. Just to make sure that that hilarious meme that someone said you thought you'd include actually is hitting the spot and that you haven't got any clangers in there or just that it's that, you know, anything that could be tightened up can be tightened up. Make sure that it makes sense and make sure that it flows. And, you know, if your business is a visual business, if you're not big on the words, use images to tell your story. But whatever it is, just make sure that it's tight and it's compelling and that it's logical. And when I read it, I feel like you're speaking to me and you've thought a bit about what my engagement would be. You don't know the context I'm reading that in when you send it out. And so you have to anticipate what my user journey is going to be. And am I reading it on a bus? Probably not at the moment. Am I reading it at home in my lounge room? Probably. Am I reading it while I'm fighting off thousands of home educated children and partners and dogs? Yeah, maybe. So think about what experience I'm going to have when I'm reading that and hold me as the customer or whoever your customer is in your mind when you're writing it. I just go back to something I said at the beginning when we're marketing to people. It feels a lot less like marketing when we're doing it in service, when we genuinely want to reach out and connect with our people and make sure that they're having a good experience and that good experience includes our brands, our products, and our services. I think that's enough. I think that's whet your appetite to get you back on the email bandwagon. So sit down, write yourself your skeleton, get your list ready of what you're going to put in, gather your images, videos, songs, whatever it is together. Check out your list, make sure that it's current and it's up-to-date and you're all across MailChimp or Campaign Monitor or your Excel spreadsheet or however it is that you're sending out your email newsletters. Think about the timing when someone's most likely to read it. Pull it all together, draft it up, get someone to run their eyes over it and you are good to go. If you want more information on email newsletters or content marketing or how to use any of the tools we've talked about. If you head to the Digital Ready website, digitalready.taz.gov.au, you will find an absolute wealth of blogs and fact sheets and live streams and videos and events that will help you get across this. So go and have a play around. I look forward to your emails filling my inbox full of great, juicy, value-packed information. This is Dr. Digital for the Digital Ready Programme podcast, Business as Unusual, our COVID-19 edition, episode two. I'll see you next week. The Digital Ready for Business Programme provides Tasmanian small businesses with access to targeted knowledge, advice and assistance to improve their online presence and skills so that they can seize the opportunities presented by digital technology. For more information or to book a free online session with a Digital Ready coach, head to digitalready.tas.gov.au or check out the Digital Ready Tasmania Facebook page.